So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and we recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. This business and this podcast pays its respects to them and their cultures and to Elders past and present. Kaya, which is a hello um, in Noongar language. Thank you so much, Jay, for that acknowledgement. It is so beautiful to have businesses uh, acknowledging the, the country on which they're, they're standing on and the language of the land. Um, and I would also like to pay my respects to my elders, uh, to my ancestors and to the old people and to also pay my deep respects to any of your listeners for their elders, the custodians and all the work and the old people from the lands that they're on too. In 2019, when I asked Louise to teach a class on culturally inclusive writing to my copywriting crew, I already knew what a talent she was because we'd originally met through the WA Business Women's Online groups and Louise was one of the very first women to ever participate in my first copy community on Facebook back when it was free. (laughs) She is a natural born writer with a flair for moving a reader from curious to empowered with knowledge and fired up to do something with that knowledge. And this is something that Maybe I don't talk about enough on behalf of my brand, but my personal connection with this land that I live on here in the wilds of the Perth Hills is so much a part of every cell of my body. So much so that last year I invested in some pretty deep work around where I come from alongside my daughter who was experiencing her own ancestral epiphany and what that means for me as a woman and as a caretaker of the earth that I chose to put roots down into. Uh, Louise and I also connected through the love of labels and words, which did culminate at one point in a multi-message, furious and fiery debate about a particular term, which was (laughs) mumpreneur. When Louise presented her class to my group, I knew it would get some people thinking. And when I invite a guest expert into the group, I always take something away from what they teach, even though I've worked with, with or for most of my incredible experts. What I didn't expect to feel was her lesson so deeply in my bones, it started to change the way I read every piece of content uh, and started me on a much more critical journey of self-discovery. What my legacy as a content creator and leader of my community means and how I need to do it so much better. Louise O'Reilly is a Warawa Noongar Aboriginal woman based in Borloo, which is Perth in Western Australia. Through her experiences with identity and self-discovery, she realised society wasn't always accepting of her, her community or her culture. She provides online courses to stimulate harmonious and inclusive change in the world where every global citizen can say, I'm free to be me. That's the big goal. For now, she is focusing on cultural inclusivity of Aboriginal people here in Australia. So today, Louise is with us to have a bit of a chat about culturally inclusive language, especially in the words we write. Welcome, Louise. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. I'm blushing, I'm almost, I'm tearing up. 
Um, I moved it. Wow. How amazing. So well, I love, we have had a lovely bit of history and I love that we met and that we, then we reconnected and, and this work that you've been doing is so brilliant. Um, so thank you for doing it. How do you introduce yourself? Well, that's a really interesting question because it, it kind of depends on the audience that I am um, talking to, which might sound a little bit strange, but, um, you know, if I'm just talking about uh, personal development or um, that kind of thing, I only need to introduce myself as Louise O'Reilly. <laughs> um, but if I'm talking in a space which is inclusive of culture and it is important that my um, identity and culture is also included. I, I say, um, I'm a Wadawaranunga woman. Um, and so that is both two of my heritage. My, my maternal grandfather and my maternal grandmother were both um, Aboriginal people. And my grandfather was, um, that line is Noongar line. And my grandma, grandmother's line is the Wadawa line, which is in the Kimberleys. Um, but that is to people who understand the concept of Aboriginal culture, uh, countries being in Australia. Um, there isn't a broad understanding of that concept that we actually have separate countries in Australia, many, many, many countries, and they are associated with the language groups of Aboriginal people. So if I don't feel that there is that basic understanding of those different cultural language groups. I just introduced myself as an Aboriginal woman. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you say, one of the things that you say is that <clears throat> part of this process to getting to where you're offering, um, you're offering help to other people to, to run their businesses and communicate in a way that is more culturally inclusive is started with a lack of Aboriginal inclusiveness in Australia. So you said um, you thought that there was an absence of Aboriginal perspectives in the words and language, which is one of the reasons that you started to write, um, and now you do a whole lot of other things as well, which we'll, we'll have a look at. Um, and you also said, for too long I saw words and language being used as weapons, turning people against people. So if, if we're trying to run our businesses and we're trying to communicate on behalf of our brands um, and we're trying to be, you know, good women in the world, how, why is being conscious about our perspectives in our writing so important to us as, as women? And not only just for ourselves, but for the readers who consume what we write in our online communities. That is a fantastic question. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to being conscious business owners. And I think that's kind of a way that we're moving towards now where we want to not just conform to what has been um, done. We're understanding that just because it has been doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay or that it aligns with who we are as people um, or as individuals as part of the global collective. Mm -hmm. um, and what we are what we experience from from the second that we're born basically is a lot of social conditioning um and in australia unfortunately a lot of that social conditioning towards aboriginal people and culture is quite negative um and and very unhelpful in terms of building better relationships or doing things like closing um the gap I can talk a little bit about closing the gap a bit later if, if you want me to. Um, but there is definitely a divide between 
um, Aboriginal people and culture in Australia and the wider community. And in reality, we're all just people um, and we all are part of the community. It's about being conscious of how we actually bring those two groups together and talk about the group as a whole, as people, as humans first, um, and how we, we can kind of move forward with those values that we have, you know, values like um, equality and compassion and love and kindness and all that, that good stuff. Um, unknowingly, we can be talking and using our language and writing in ways that don't support those values. But it's only because of the conditionings and the biases that we've had that are completely unknown to us. So what I'm basically doing is trying to bring um, awareness and conscious creation and use of language and um, written word. Yeah. You, you said um, <clears throat> that, that that absence of Aboriginal perspectives um, is one of the reasons that you started to write things so that you could write blogs about about Aboriginal people, culture and history through the eyes of an Aboriginal person because um, a lot of what we learn in Australia doesn't come from an Aboriginal perspective at all. Um, no. It's very much filtered <laughs> through school, if we learn anything at all. Um, and certainly it's not part of... Um, you know, even tertiary education where you go to learn how to do things like being a copywriter, like creating um, digital things, like writing blogs, like um, anything where we are speaking on behalf of um, brands that and, and brands do change the, the way that society sees things. We're not taught anything. No, not at all. Not in terms of talking about um, culture because it's so uh, dominated with the, the, what's the word? The dominant culture. Mm -hmm. it, it basically sat, is oversaturated in every space of language there is. And whoever is the dominant culture has the power to influence the, the messaging, has the influence to, um, write what's in the history books, has the influence to direct how um, language is used. Um, and it, it certainly has the power to uplift people or oppress people. Um, and what I've witnessed in my, in my um, time is that unknowingly the language that is used has been used in a way to oppress people um, uh, the Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal people to make them seem like they need help, mm -hmm. to make them seem like they don't have the solutions or the answers, to demonise and to dehumanise. And that can be seen in lots of parts of language and um, written copy, just even in terms of, you know, who's, whose perspective is it from? Whose story or narrative is it, and is that is there appropriate uh, acknowledgement of of whose story that is, and does does the person have the right to be able to share those stories? So that's that's about story appropriation, um, or the tone of it. You know, is is the writer 
um, someone who views Aboriginal people as equals, mm-hmm. or is it, or is it a case of um, you know coming in to save Aboriginal people or coming in with a solution for Aboriginal people? Um, they're all things to be really mindful of with with those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, if we can <clears throat> sidestep, although it's not really a sidestep, I think I've just given away my own punchline there. Can you tell us about your own business journey? Because you've got a finger in what seems like from the outside, a couple of different kind of pies. So you have <laughs> Ascension Personal Development. That's one kind of aspect of your business. Then you work as a consultant um, with diversity inclusion. You're on the radio. Uh, you have an online course for people who want to learn about being more culturally inclusive in the way that they communicate. How do they all connect? Well, it is an interesting evolution and that evolution <laughs> of my business is comes from an evolution of myself and my own identity. Um, so I did have another business prior um, and then I started up louiseoreilly.com.au after I did some really deep soul searching um, and really understanding where I stood in the world and what my role is in this conversation. Um, so in my own um, journeys, I am in contact with my, my ancestors and um, the spirit world. So Aboriginal people live in those, those worlds and understand that spirit, spiritual realm as well as our physical realm that we, we see, um, hear, taste and touch kind of thing. So through my ancestors, I was offered an, a, a beautiful gift of um and it is this is symbolism right here so i was over over the course of five years prior i had this reoccurring dream happening and i was offered a gift of a shell conch horn and a wooden large oblong wooden shield and i didn't understand what it was about Until I did talk to an el- a local elder here and he explained it a little bit better and I did a little bit more soul searching for that. Um, but what it is about is, you know, am I wanting to take on the, the beautiful gift and obligation or role of speaking and making things aware? So being being like a mouthpiece or a, mm-hmm. a voice on this, which is the, the shell conch horn. Um, but also it's part of protection. Um, with the shield, but part of the shield is not only about protection, but it's also about storytelling and keeping the stories alive that have been and sharing them now and then also in creation of the new stories. Um, and it's about understanding my heritage and our family trees and where we come from. So that's my kind of role in this space. And by having um, louiseoreilly.com.au, it was then a platform for me to start my writing and my blogging mm-hmm. about Aboriginal culture, about my perspective as an Aboriginal woman, about my journey through my own um, evolution of identity, which has changed over the years, um, and also about talking about human rights um, and something that it bothers me a little bit that I need to say human rights and Aboriginal rights, whereas the fact they are the same thing, mm-hmm. but the wider community doesn't quite get that human rights means Aboriginal rights too. So I sometimes have to define that kind of thing. Um, and through that, I was working um, 
I was doing the blogging and writing about those things, but I was also writing about personal development. Um, and the basis of that is finding your own identity and having power, standing in your own power of who you are and understanding that and having your own autonomy and having the power to create the worlds that you want um, that really align with your values, your true values and not something that society or your parents or whoever has put onto you. But then what I found was the connection, people couldn't understand the connection between the two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then I split the business and I created Ascension Personal Development Academy, which is an academy all about um, that kind of stuff, finding your identity and knowing who you are and developing yourself in that way. But also for businesses to understand the identity of the business that is linked with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then <laughs> I... Um, I came to this point now where I've created a course in Ascension Personal Development Academy where I'm talking about um, culturally inclusive language mm -hmm. and which is kind of combining them again. So it's kind of like they've come and they've split off and then they've come full circle and joined back up again. So it's made it a very complex um, uh, system for myself. Yeah. But so many businesswomen right now who are like listening and going, yeah, uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but with it now, I'm I'm re re looking at Ascension Personal Development Academy and going, well, where am I taking this? What matters to me? What do I want to do with it? Mm -hmm. And basically, I want it to be a space where we really focus on um, social issues in the Aboriginal community and other marginalised communities. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to, I'm starting to really explore opening it up to having other people, um, other instructors involved in it as well. So it's not just from me. I want to be inclusive as well in my own business. So I want to add other voices in there too. Um, and to really look at, so it's all about identity. That's to me is one of the most important things. And I think that's probably because I've had to fight so much for my own identity. Um, I, you know, I identify as an Aboriginal woman, but visually my skin is very fair. Um, so I look like my Scandinavian heritage. So to me, identity is probably the most important thing um, in my life. And that's what I want people to um, kind of get to, get to understand um, and go through their own journeys of, of how to get there. Yeah. Um, and like you said, outside of, outside of my two businesses, um, I'm also on radio. I'm on a, a program which talks about uh, Aboriginal women. Uh, I'm, I'm saying self-powerment because empowerment implies that I'm giving you some of my power, which mm -hmm. is not the case. I'm simply talking and sharing information and sharing my story and it's up to that individual or your, your listeners here whether they enhance or take in that power and allow it to come out. Um, it has nothing to do with me. It's a totally autonomous thing um, and choice within the oh, individual. I love that. Self-powerment. Yeah, self. Well, I, I was trying to think of a word because I've really struggled with empowerment. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing of I need to give something to you for you to be better or for you to have power, and that's absolutely not it. We all have our own power, our own dominion in our universe, 
And it's just about allowing ourselves to release it and own it. Um, and I do, you know, freelance writing for Amnesty International Australia. Um, I'm on a committee with um, some amazing elders in Boraloo, which is Perth. And uh, that is a 10-year visionary plan for reconciliation or conciliation in Perth. And it most likely will branch out into all parts of Australia and possibly the world with the model that we're doing because it is completely Aboriginal-led and created. Um, it's so exciting. This is year one for us. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is massive and it is going to be massive because in it we're talking about um, sharing Aboriginal culture and which is a very feminine culture. It is, it is not the masculine culture that Western society is used to. Um, so it's uh, discovering ways that we can work in harmony with the two energies and how we can move forward in innovative ways for social change um, and having everyone walk with us along that journey. It's also about supporting our Aboriginal community, um, you know, if, if there are uh, young kids who who need guidance in the cultural way we can we're looking at ways to be able to support that or if there's a family that needs support or if there are leaders who um, need help with their leadership styles or anything like mm -hmm. that so it's kind of like a two-pronged approach of um, supporting our aboriginal community but also supporting um, non-aboriginal community to start building real genuine relationships with Aboriginal people and culture and building that understanding and togetherness of how we can move forward in that, um, you know, real progressive, innovative way. Um, so that's really exciting. And I think basically the, the basis of all of it is equality, identity, um, understanding and honouring culture, but also um, inclusion. Now, we talk about diversity and inclusion. We in a lot of spaces in Australia, we do have diversity, but diversity does not mean inclusion. And I'm kind of really focusing on the inclusion. Oh, wow. Okay. It actually means. Unpack that a little bit more for me, because this is one of my favourite topics, actually. But I'd love to hear what you, why, tell me why you think that and how that looks. Okay. So... <laughs> In terms of diversity, you can have a group of people, just say you've got a company, right, and they have a policy of diversity and inclusion. So they've got um, people from lots of different marginalised groups present. Mm -hmm. Just because they're there doesn't mean they get a say mm -hmm. or that they're listened to or there is a space where they feel valued. Yeah. It just literally means they're employed in that company. Yeah, which and there's a diversity. policy that's written on a piece of paper somewhere. Yeah. 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 Whereas inclusion is the understanding that there are different language just that are used, different ways that language is used. There are different um, symbols that are used. There are different ways that we interact. There are differences in the way we define leadership. There are differences in the ways we conduct ourselves. There are differences in the way um, we communicate with one another. That is when you start having inclusion, when you can start incorporating 
the, the differences in the business and allowing all of those differences to be okay in the business. Hmm. Um, for instance, I'll give you an example when um, companies employ um, or are interested in employing Aboriginal people into their, um, their, their companies. So they'll put out an ad and they will talk about um, having culture fit. Okay. I'll move on to that in a second. The difference between culture fit and value fit. Okay. Now, now they'll list all these, um, I guess, leadership qualities they want to have in their business. Right. And then they'll go through the whole process. They'll get someone in who does an interview. The thing is, in Aboriginal culture, the same qualities that mark a leader are not the same qualities that mark a leader in Western society. Mm-hmm. So they're wanting um, Aboriginal people who are leaders and show leadership and know culture um, and can incorporate some of those or bring them into the business. Yeah. Yet they're, they're employing Aboriginal people who are more aligned with the values of Western society. Okay. So it's not necessarily... Um, so they, do they just not know what they're looking for or does it just not look like what they expect it to look like? I think it's just a lack of understanding yeah. um, in the differences of leadership and what that looks like. Because, um, I mean, you can also... You also go into um, an interview and you will have, you know, four or five people interviewing one person um, and that's not something that works in, in Aboriginal culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just a total mis- or non-understanding of yeah. the cultural differences. Yep, and things like you, they'll be marked on their eye contact. Right. Oh, that person, that, so yeah. The thing is they go, what, what, what are you really good at? Tell me some of your skills. What are you great at? Now, it's not, that's not something we do in the culture. We don't mm-hmm. sit there and talk about ourselves and say all the things that we're wonderful at because... It's about the collective, how collectively we are great, how collectively we succeed, how collectively we do all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. It's not about the individual doing it. Yeah. Um, and then with the eye contact, it's not seen as respectful to be keeping eye contact with people, yeah. especially if they're seen as um, someone with authority mm-hmm. um, so that you automatically mark down for not holding eye contact, yeah, right. which is part of this systemic um, oppression, I guess, or a systemic roof where the, the system is built in a way that you can't succeed. Mm-hmm. Even if you are wonderful for that job, the systems or the process you go through will never eventuate to you getting anywhere because you yeah. don't fit into what that system wants. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, so year one, it sounds like you guys are on a massively thrilling roller coaster ride of what's about to be nine more years of really, really great work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So can you give us if we if we're talking about words again, can you give us a bit of a pe- and I'm like I'm a little bit spoiled because I did obviously I did your class with me with my course and then I did your course and then I've signed up for your big course. But for everybody who's listening who didn't get that special um, 
to get to see all that amazing stuff. Can you give us a bit of a peek into what you think is the most important parts of what you teach as part of how to write in a more culturally inclusive way? Because, you know, lots of people who listen to this are total word nerds. So mm -hmm. um, that tickles our fancy. What, uh, so what do you think, what's, where, what's the most important part that we're kind of missing? I think the most, the, if, you, if you break everything down, mm -hmm. um, the most important thing to remember is that we're humans and people equally first. Okay. Um, and to really understand that when we are writing, we are all equal and valued in the exact same, same way. Um, and not to have this perception of helping or, um, yeah, having anyone on a different level, I think, I think that really opens up a space for compassion where you can identify yourself with everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also I would say to really um, know what your identity is. So in the intersectionality of all isms, basically, <laughs> where do you fit into yeah. all yeah. of those spectrums? Because what I've found is that you have people who are seen as uh, belong to marginalised groups. And I'm saying marginalised and not minority groups because there mm -hmm. uh, there are marginalized groups who are not the minority so it's yeah. marginalized groups um you know you you're looking at things like sex and and gender and race and class and um i don't know financial status yeah. um and disability disability and and all those things where do you actually sit on all of those spectrums because often people who are quite privileged, they it's it's like there's a, there is this disconnect of belonging to the, in, within the spectrum. It's like there are people who are quite privileged or belong to a dominant culture, and then it's like there is another whole spectrum where all marginalised people fit. Mm. So I think when we can really identify where we sit as individuals in each of those spectrums, we can really start to build understanding and compassion and empathy um, with or for the, the people we are writing for or about um, and that kind of thing. Um, and also what that does is allows you to identify where you have influence, where you have impact yeah. and then when you know where you sit in it all, in the whole grand scheme of it, when you understand what you stand for, what you want to be creating in the world, you can then start to use your influence um, and your platforms in a way that uplifts the messages you want to be sharing, uplifts the values that you want to be sharing. Um, so I think this is probably a good segue into talking about the value and culture fit as well. Yeah. So... A lot of businesses will say, you know, we want people to um, fit in the culture of this business um, and not understanding that the culture of the business is often um, this really rigid uh, structure or paradigm of Western culture or the dominant culture. And if you are wanting to have a bit more diversity and inclusion in your businesses, yet you're, you're wanting them to fit within the culture. It's basically 
saying we want you to be here but we want you to fit in to change what first. we think yeah right and okay. what we feel and and what we do yeah. whereas if you talk about having a value fit you know caring for for family is the same in all groups um, wanting to have a value of compassion is all in all groups wanting to have a value of um, leadership is the same in all groups and it's not asking people to change mm. it's just saying you believe in these core values they align with my business and what we are trying to achieve here you will fit in here and we will evolve to whatever culture happens when you arrive or we are working to create it more inclusively before you even arrive so that you want to be part of it and that you feel welcomed and you feel safe here. Yeah. Yeah, imagine that. And, and the way that you've just said that, like it doesn't seem that hard. You know, most of these, com most corporations and companies and most of us who are maybe listening who have teeny tiny micro businesses, like we have the power to make incremental change if we need to, but, um, but the steps are not that difficult. It might be difficult to figure out how that's going to work big picture wise, but once you've done that, the, the steps to take seem to be, if you base them in compassion, seem to be fairly self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah. Conversations with people. I think, I think the, the hardest thing is that um, it, is a, it is a mind shift. It is a paradigm shift, um, especially when you're... I'll give an example. Um, so when you're talking to people about privilege and, and showing or trying to present a... a I don't, I don't want to use the word argument, Pre prevent, presenting a story about privilege, um, it's very hard for someone who is part of the dominant culture and who has lots of privilege to actually understand what that means mm -hmm. because they've never had to experience it. So you're basically asking for people to try and do something um, or create something in a whole new uh, concept or paradigm that they they don't know about at all yeah they have and no so experience think, yeah, yeah no experience at all not even and sometimes it's even just a total lack that it even exists so that's yeah. the kind of things that you're coming up against when you're having these conversations um and so that's where it's really important that when you are then looking at wanting to diversify and have inclusion and um you know being a conscious business owner who is wanting to have those things to bring in people who are experts in that field yeah. and people who are experts in that field are people who have lived experiences of those things all the time yeah it's yeah you you did that um you presented the privilege exercise with my group which was i think you know it was quite a simple exercise but i know it made a lot of participants really evaluate that kind of that level and that perspective from which they just naturally operate and therefore how they make statements, um, how they put out content on behalf of their brand. That's just something that people do until they really cast a bit of a critical eye over why they do it that way mm -hmm. and how that puts a big fat divide between them and the people that they're speaking to. Um, yeah. 
but it was a really, I think it was, a, and you've just answered the question, like, why do you think that's important <laughs> for all of those reasons <laughs> that you just said? Um, and, and it is, it is, again, it's a simple thing to do. It is challenging. It is. And I, like I had a couple of conversations with the women in the class afterwards where they were like, I was really challenged by that. And I was like, me too. Um, and I don't tick all the boxes, but I was still really challenged by it. And, but it's okay. That's okay to be challenged by stuff and to go, I didn't know that. And now I do. And I have to do something better with that information. Yeah. I, it is probably going to be one of the most challenging things you do, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we're having lots of conversations about race and racism and ethnicity and, um, you know, uh, casual racism and uh, systemic oppression, all this kind of stuff. We're having lots of conversations, not only in Australia, but in the world at the mm -hmm. moment around it. Um, and I know lots of businesses are wanting to uh, have a say in it or not necessarily a say but want to show their stance mm -hmm. um, from a, their business perspective um, and it's coming can often these conversations can often lead to lots of conflict mm -hmm. um, so something I shared with my own group um, just yesterday uh, was a bit of training on why this often leads to conflict and if you can just imagine yourself as a Big iceberg, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the iceberg concept where um, there's so much that is underneath, like 80% of the iceberg is underneath the water and you only see the little tip of the iceberg. And so the very tip of the iceberg is all those, those visible behaviours and things we see. So they're the people who are commenting and saying things um, and I'm talking about the negative comments and um showing lack of support and people who, who are really fighting for the all lives matters type stuff. Yeah. Um, that's that kind of thing. But when we're having these conversations, we've also got to remember there are, there are so much under the surface that is happening to create those behaviors from showing. And so you have that first level, which is your systems and structures. Um, and so that's all that unconscious stuff that you just naturally do. That's you driving to work or making a breakfast or all those things you don't really have to think about. Mm -hmm. Below that, you have your values and beliefs. And these are our core values about um, what, what we really believe in, what we think is um, the things that we kind of support in the world. Um, for me, it is definitely like compassion, kindness and love. That's definitely a space that I come from. But then also underneath that, you have these paradigms of thought. And um, the paradigms of thought are come from social conditioning where you're told something over and over again and then you start to believe that what you're experiencing in your society is the way it's meant to be or you can't actually comprehend what it would look like if it were any different so that's a really scary confronting mm -hmm. thing to think if our communities operate a little bit differently if our businesses operate a little bit differently what would it be and will I lose out will I will I lose something from this so when you're having these conversations what you're really doing is you are getting people to 
confront their own personal philosophies and identities and question whether they are real. I mean, you might have a value of, you know, equality, you're a really strong believer in equality, and then suddenly you have a conversation where it's made clear that equality is not happening in our society and you are participating in that equality. That is really confronting because you feel so strongly about equality. So it's really about um, really deep listening and being conscious of what your own values are and being open to looking at everything that is and saying, does this align with my value? Does this align with me and my ideology? Um, does, this, does this align with my personal philosophy? And being okay with it not. Yeah. And then going, okay, <laughs> it's not. This is hard yeah. to yeah. swallow. This is really difficult. And, um, you know, you might feel a bit of guilt or shame or, you know, you might just even break down about this. Because essentially what you believed was your world and what made up you, and of course you think you're a good person, you are a good person. Um, so that is really hard to take in and then to go, oh, my goodness, I'm participating in a system that is creating this pain for other people. Yeah. And it's really hard to hear. Um, yeah. So that is why it ends up in conflict so much and that's why I'm really trying to coach the people who I'm in contact with and people who are doing my courses in gentle conversations mm -hmm. that have empathy for the people that they're talking to as well because they're going to be going through a lot. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just taking that in. No, I was soaking it up, soaking it up. Um, no, I mean, you're welcome. You're welcome on your soapbox here anytime. <laughs> Um, I love a woman on a soapbox. I think so. If women listening to this episode feel like oh, I feel like I just <laughs> like that, okay. Um, th that's that's my noise of feeling like I should take an action and implement something and start something. And that's just the way that you know that I operate when I'm challenged. What mm -hmm. do you think, though? Like, if we could take one important step when we're thinking about casting our critical eye over the words that we choose to use on our brands and our businesses' behalf. What's the first step? What, where should we start? Hmm. I definitely would say to go within and look at your own values, yeah. to look at where you sit on those, um, that cross-sectionality spectrums in yeah. all of those those isms, um, I would suggest you look at your own heritage yeah. and the great things about your own heritage that you can celebrate um, and then start a journey of really, really deep listening to other perspectives. Okay, I love it. I knew you weren't going to give me an easy answer. No, no. <laughs> Okay. All right. This is a complex system that has been it built is. over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 about small baby steps. Yeah. Being gentle and kind to each other, um, but being open to listening eighty percent and talking twenty. 
brilliant. But also, also, it's important to know your own story. That's the most powerful thing you can know is your own story and how you fit into it all. Mm-hmm. What you can influence. Amazing. Louisa Raleigh, just amazing. Okay. <clears throat> As I said, before we even started recording, we can just talk all the day. We can talk all the day if you want, Louise. But we do have to come to an end. So... Um, <laughs> This has been So Crisp, and my guest has been Louise O'Reilly, human rights blogger with writing and cultural consulting services. She's founder of Essential Personal Development Academy, radio presenter at 100.9 FM Noongar Radio, freelance writer for Amnesty International, and a consultant for diversity and inclusion. If you would like to understand how to use language in a more inclusive way, please go and join her Introduction to Culturally Inclusive Language course. You can find that link in these show notes. You might have noticed this is so not a regular nuts and bolts podcast about business and copy. We are always looking for crisp crisp new ways to discuss wordy elements. So if you have a suggestion, please drop me a line. Now, Louise, I've sprung this on her at the top of the show. I said, oh, by the way, at the end, you can do the little may your day be as crisp as. And then she, as we started, she was like, I'm just going to be, I'm just thinking about what my alliteration could be, what my crisp, what my crisp thing. So poor thing. I asked her to talk about a really complex issue and then completely sprung some word nerd thing on her. <laughs> so Louise is going to take us out. May your day be as crisp as. Go for it, Louise. Feeling free to be you. Can't see right now, but my hands are in the air. <laughs> Thank you, Louise O'Reilly. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It has been wonderful. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.